I'm Chief Dustin Kelling, and with me is Captain Chris Harris from Navy Personnel Command. The DoD released a new policy called Retention Determinations for Non-Deployable Service Members. The Navy will soon follow suit. Sir, what is this new policy? Chief, thanks for inviting me over uh, today to, to talk about this uh, important issue to our, to our sailors. Um, so the new policy is, uh, is about ensuring lethality by identifying, tracking, and managing service members to maximize deployability of the force. We followed up with our own Navy policy to formally establish the Deployability Assessment and Assignment Program. It stresses that all sailors are expected to be deployable. They are personally responsible for their own individual readiness. It provides guidance for assessment of the deployability of service members and the classification of that deployability. Finally, it tells our members how the Navy will make re retention determinations. So originally this is coming from the Department of Defense. With the Navy growing, uh, retention is pretty high right now. Why, why implement a policy like this? Yeah, good question. So bottom line, it's important we can effectively man the fleet. Uh, Secretary of Defense Mattis is focused on a more ready and lethal force with the premise that all service members are expected to be deployable. He intends our actions to be designed, in his words, to ensure our military is ready to fight today and in the future. So our objective is to reduce the number of non-deployable service members and improve personal readiness across the force. Who will this affect? So the policy applies to all active component, full-time support, and selected reserve personnel commands and activities. There's one exemption, uh, pregnant and postpartum sailors are not affected by this policy. The DOD guidance, however, does direct special considerations for a couple of groups, including those with less than three years until retirement and combat wounded sailors who meet the criteria for being awarded the Purple Heart. If I need dental work, does that mean that I'm non-deployable? Okay, so um, that's dealing with what we call individual medical readiness, uh, and specifically overdue dental exams, pending dental work, and overdue annual physical health assessments. These are not considered non-deployable under the policy, but individuals and commands are expected to bring this number down to zero. I see, but I mean, dental work's pretty easy to do. I just make an appointment, I go, I'm good. Sir, what if I'm a wounded warrior uh, or a safe harbor sailor? Okay, so, th so um, the service members, these service members, um, as we talked about earlier, are not exempt from the policy. However, October 1st, those who have been non-deployable greater than 12 months will be notified of their status via message and will be considered for retention determinations as part of the process. And for our listeners that don't know, the Navy Wounded Warrior Safe Harbor Program is the Navy's organization for coordinating non-medical care of seriously wounded, ill, and injured sailors while providing resources and support to their families. Those sailors can submit a detention request. That leads us right into my next question. If I'm a sailor that has been non-deployable for more than a year, what happens? Okay, in these cases, uh, those sailors will be notified via naval message, letter, or email. There are some exceptions. We will not actually send notifications to those who are on legal hold pending disposition, already enrolled in the disability evaluation system, or previously found fit for duty or approved for permanent limited duty by the Physical Evaluation Board. Now, if command leadership out there has a sailor who has been non-deployable greater than 12 months, but has not been notified, they should contact the offices listed in the recent NAV admin so we can ensure that the sailor is accounted for in the appropriate Navy system. If I'm partially deployable, this does not necessarily mean that I'm going to get kicked out then. Correct, correct. Certainly a sailor may be determined to be deployable with limitations mm -hmm. if he or she has a medical geographic or platform limitation. For example, a particular diagnosis may mean that a member can deploy only on big decks. So what's the impact? So each case will have to be evaluated based on sailor's rating, designator, and career flow point. 
But in general, if someone has limitations but can deploy, he or she will be considered deployable. Can I submit a request to extend the 12-month deadline? So it depends on the reason for non-deployability. If administrative in nature, for example, humanitarian assignment for greater than 12 months, or failure to have a family care plan in place for greater than 12 months, then the member will have to personally submit a request for retention if desired. The request must be command endorsed. A sample of retention request is available on the Navy Personnel Command website. If the reason for non-deployability is medical in nature, the member has no action. In this case, a retention request may be recommended by a medical evaluation board when it is determined likely that a condition will resolve. The retention request would be submitted on his or her behalf by Navy Personnel Command or Reserve Forces Command. So sailors on humanitarian reassignments, known as HUMs, can submit a retention request for an assignment longer than 12 months. For those that don't know, humanitarian reassignments provide sailors the time and the relocation needed to deal with short-term hardship situations. So if I am separated, uh, do I still get my benefits, 9-11 bill, uh, what about my bonus? For the GI Bill, eligibility would be impacted if separation is characterized less than honorable or if a sailor is discharged with less than 36 months of total service. Also, there could be additional impact for any dependent who received transferred benefits if a member is discharged before completing the four-year obligation for transferability. You can refer directly to the DOD Instruction 1341.13 post 9-11 GI Bill for more information. As for bonuses, specific administrative or medical circumstances determine recoupment of bonuses. So sailors would need to refer the, to the specific policy guidance pertaining to that, to that bonus um, in question. Okay, so uh, if I'm part of the senior leadership at my command, one of my sailors is facing separation for non-deployability, where can I find help? Definitely I would recommend they go to the MPC website. The deployability link is posted on the front page under career links. That's where you can find the CO's toolkit. What is the most important thing that sailors need to know about this new policy? Okay. So in a nutshell, the policy is focused on increasing personal readiness and force lethality. And it provides a framework for the Navy to identify members with deployment limiting conditions. As sailors, we need to know that we're personally responsible for ensuring our own individual and family readiness. We're responsible for notifying our chain of command, deployment coordinators, or medical treatment facilities as appropriate if we have a deployment limiting condition. Commands must be vigilant and proactive in ensuring their sailors are ready. Finally, and most importantly, we want to ensure no one falls through the cracks and that all of our shipmates are getting the care that they need. Sometimes, despite all efforts, some sailors have injuries or other limitations that can't be resolved. Our policy ensures we're taking the necessary steps to fairly and efficiently execute all cases. Okay, sir, is there anything that you would like to add? You know, the whole reason why we're doing this is, is again, to, to improve lethality and try to identify uh, those sailors that may need care. Anything we can do to take care of our sailors, I think, is a win-win both for the Department of Defense and for the service members that serve the Navy. Thank you very much for your time, sir. All right. Thank you.